Welcome to Roadcase, the podcast that explores the live music experience. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Josh Rosenberg, and I'll be taking you on a journey through in-depth interviews with performers and key people in the industry to explore the magic of live music, how it can be totally transformative for both fans and performers, and we'll look at how they take it all out on the road. It's going to be a great ride, so here we go. Hey, welcome back to Roadcase, everybody. I am so excited to present to you this episode of artist interviews I conducted last week at the Newport Folk Festival. I'm so psyched that you're all here. Thanks so much for being here. If you're at Roadcase here for the first time, welcome to the Roadcase community. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. I'm so psyched that you're along for this ride. And there is a number of different ways that you can get involved in the Roadcase community and help support this podcast. Uh, really quick and easy ways to follow us on the socials. We're at Roadcase Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also find out more information about Roadcase by visiting our website, www.roadcasepod.com. You can also email us if you have any questions. Uh, we're at info at roadcasepod.com. Another great way to support Roadcase is subscribe to this podcast on your favorite listening platform. If you're on Spotify, just click that little box that says follow. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, for example, that little check mark up in the upper end head and quarter, you just check that. And uh, that'll give you all updates uh, as to when new episodes uh, get posted. And you can be right on front in front of all the latest and greatest episodes that uh, we put up here at Roadcase. Uh, another thing you can do uh, that really helps out this podcast is to rate and review Roadcase. You can do that on Spotify by going to the, the Roadcase homepage. That little box is, has a star on it. Just click on that uh, on Apple Podcasts. You just uh, go to the Roadcase homepage again, scroll down a little bit. There's a bunch of stars there and a place to review. Uh, really helps out the show. Uh, really appreciate your support for doing that. And for being here as well, and I am so incredibly psyched to be here for this special episode. I was fortunate enough to be able to go to Newport Folk Festival. It was my first time there. Uh, this festival takes place at Fort Adams in Newport, Rhode Island. Uh, just happened last weekend, which was J July 22nd through 24th. It's a three-day festival. I was able to sit down with a number of different artists, um, for this episode, I interviewed Ryan Gustafson of The Dead Tongues, Maddie Diaz, as well as Christian Matson, whose project is entitled The Tallest Man on Earth. Uh, these are three amazing artists that I was fortunate enough to sit down with and present to you those live in-person interviews. These are kind of short 15 to 20 minute talks. I know you'll really enjoy them. You really get a flavor for each artist's personality. I want to also thank Jay Sweet, who is the executive director of Newport Festivals Foundation. Jay is the head honcho organizer, Mr. Everything. And I want to thank him so much for everything that he does with respect to Newport Folk. It's just an amazing festival. Jay's up and about and around talking to artists out in the crowd, taking in sets. I uh, was able to run into him a couple times and thank him personally. But just want to thank him again for everything he does. This is just an exceptional festival that uh, if you haven't had the chance to attend, you really uh, should put it on your list of things uh, of priorities. If you're a well, 
if you are a fan of music, love festivals, this is just super mellow and amazing place to be for those three days, uh, despite the, the heat and humidity. But if I survived it, anybody can. Don't let that be a deterrent. So I've got three different interviews. First coming up is Ryan Gustafson. Uh, his project is entitled The Dead Tongues. He just put out his latest album, his fifth, uh, entitled Dust, which is aptly named, and you'll find out why. It was recorded at Betty's studio, Sylvan, F Sylvan Esso Studio in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Uh, Ryan also works with His Golden Messenger and quite a bit with Phil Cook, uh, with whom I was also, uh, I also sat down to conduct an interview, and that's coming up in part two. Uh, another note, um, this, uh, I conducted all these interviews, most of them actually from the media tents just outside um, of the quad stage. So there's some background music noise, but hey, we're at a festival. I'm sitting down with artists conducting these interviews live, and uh, that just adds to the atmosphere. But wanted to kind of give you a heads up on that. I'm so glad that you're all here, and uh, I'll pop back on here and talk about each subsequent interview uh, as they come. So no worries on that. want to thank everyone again for being here. I want to especially thank all the artists, Ryan Gustafson, Maddie Diaz, and Christian Matson for being here on this episode of Roadcase. Here we go. All right, Ryan, great to see you, man, here at Newport Folk. This is my first Newport Folk Festival. How about you? Nice. Um, this is my first one playing my music, but I, I've been here with other bands. Oh, yeah, which uh, ones? Yeah. Uh, Phil Cook played uh -huh. here about five years oh, yeah. ago. I can't remember... If I was here with His Golden Messenger or not, but it's possible I was also here when I was playing with So you've played Messenger. in His? Yep. Yeah. So His is kind of like, I haven't talked to MC yet. Mm -hmm. um, I'd love to. I just saw their set at uh, Thalia Hall in Chicago. It was oh, great. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's kind of like he does like a collective or he's just got a bunch of dudes that he likes and people that he likes and yeah, just, there, brings, there's you guys kind of just rotate in. So there's tag team. Yeah, there, there's just been a lot of great musicians in and out of that band. You mm. know, it's a... Uh, you know, I mean, William Tyler was the guitar player before I was, and mm -hmm. um, Zach Kaufman was the guitar player okay. for a while. Like, you know, so Related just, to Josh? Um, yes. Oh, yeah. interesting. And it's, uh, or sorry, I said Zach, and I meant Josh. Josh. Oh, yeah, okay. it is Josh. So yeah. <laughs> no, Josh Kaufman. Um, <laughs> so they've got the Dessner brothers, and yeah. now they've got the yeah. uh, Kaufman yeah, brothers so now. Been, <laughs> yeah, it's been a long lineage of uh, great Mm. musicians coming in and out of that band. No doubt, so, no yeah. doubt. So you're going to catch up with Josh here with Bonnie Light Horseman, hopefully? Uh, yes, if he's here, I'd love to catch up with him. Maybe, maybe come on stage there, give me a tip-off as to yeah. the next collaboration i got to go f see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you never know. Never know what's going to happen here. Yeah, but, true, yeah. true. So you're well ensconced in that kind of North Carolina sort of, the triangle mm -hmm. as they call it. I just talked to Jen Wozner. Oh, nice. Of course, nice. you know. Yeah. Um, you recorded your last album. It was it was Sylvanesso's studio. I forget the name of it. It's, it's called cool uh, Betty's. Betty's, yeah. right, right. So Jen's tight with them too, and mm -hmm. and um, that was really delightful. I, and I really um, have tried to delve into that area of music. But it's so cool what you're doing in this new album. Um, Dust is just wow, brother. Yeah, thanks. Fucking love it. And this set that I just saw, I just caught the tail end of the set because I got all jammed up yeah. in that first morning entrance of the thing because i'm a newbie that i just already said yeah. but amazing set people really totally loved it and um 
So tell me, like, I was reading that that sort of dust is, a, is, a, is an interesting title because you kind of dusted off some stuff yeah. and that gave you like new inspiration to get back out on the road or create new music. Tell yeah. me about what that was for you and what effect that had on you. Um, it's it kind of throughout the pandemic when that was kind of going strong. Or I should say when I started staying at home all the time and got off the road, I just kind of really had a had to change my relationship with music a little bit because it, it had changed you know um, it wasn't really up to me and so I ended up stepping away from music for a little bit and just like reevaluating um, how I wanted to incorporate it into my life at that time um, because it just looked so different it felt you know like it, the way you produced um, music or no, listening to it, just or? Playing it. it it's kind of being like a, I kind of wanted to step away from it a little bit for the first time and just like uh, walk around in the woods every day instead, you know, and like yeah. learn, learn about plants and stuff. But um, so okay. it, uh, when I came back to, it, it was finally like at a, you know, after about six months or something, had like some inspiration. I was like, okay, and, you know, I want to just try messing around with some of these like old, old ideas and see what happens. And that just snowballed very quickly into like about a, a month spurt of just getting the whole album ready to write or ready to record, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. Well, that sounds like a really good big picture account of what you're doing, but from yeah. what I understand and from things that you've said that I've read and yeah. gone into background, you really kind of had like a reckoning at that moment. Oh yeah. Appears. So yeah. Talk to me about that sort of deeper meaning of yeah. what COVID kind of did to you. I mean, cause it had like huge fucking yeah. effects on everybody, obviously, but then to come out with this amazing album is yeah. just, um, is just extraordinary. What did that kind of moment in like the most darkest yeah. moment mean for you? It's, it was kind of looking at who am I without music and wanting to get clear on that, you know? Um, and it was interesting because I started feeling very negative and spirally about my music and started getting about how, you know, in my head about my writing or like getting very judgmental and putting like labels on things. Do you and get like that a lot? Had you been no, like that no, a lot before? Really. So did it take you by surprise? Yeah, it, it did. And I mean, uh, obviously I'll, I'll get negative and stuff, but I can, yeah, who, I can who doesn't want yeah, to get but it, um, <laughs> You know, but it, uh, and it was just kind of getting to this spot that was just like, what the hell am I doing? And, um, wow. so I was trying to spend some time with that and figure out where it was coming from. And some of it, you know, a part of it came from, I think the fact that so much of my, identity that I wasn't even aware of was wrapped up in playing shows and stuff and, and yeah. getting validation from people and things like that. And right. So, so I just, I think I just cut the music out to be like, well, fuck that. You know, I don't, I don't want to be stuck in that cycle. So I'm going to just ditch the music and just really go through myself here, you know? And, um, you mean kind of like avoiding the thing that like, yeah. I don't know if you can't, I don't know. I'm just, what am I trying to equate to? Like, if if you're a kid and you're grounded, you're just yeah. not. Or, or it's like, fuck it, I don't want to go outside anyway. <laughs> yeah, is that of, kind of. Is that a, is that but fair? I would say it was more. Yeah, it was more like maybe maybe that's a part of it. But it was. I, I'd say it was the less easy choice actually to stop and be like, I, I'm going to actually work with myself, who I am outside of music, and like look at mm. that, and then see how that person comes back to music. You know. If, yeah. if they come back to music, I was even got, I got to the point I got pretty far out there and was just, you know, you know, eating lots of mushrooms and walking through the woods and just like going as deep as I could and as far out as I could. And 
was going deep in meditation and all that and just uh got to the point where i was finally like i don't need to play music anymore which i've been playing since i can remember i can't remember never playing yeah um, and then i just wrote this album in a matter of weeks really wow <laughs> and like without really even feeling like i needed to it was just it became just very effortless and um interesting and it's so kind dust of, it's almost me, kind of zen you know, you know? yeah yeah, like, yeah and i mean dust to me the title is that everything's just dust you know everything disintegrates yeah, everything too, breaks right? down yeah, everything yeah. and it's just for me that was it was just the disappearing you know it was it was uh, in into uh into something else you know the transition just the, wow. the poof well you came from like yeah. a your your dad was a preacher a pentecostal yeah. preacher so yeah. you have or do you identify with that level of sort of dust and we're all here temporary like n yeah, not that everyone doesn't yeah. think about that but clearly it was kind of drilled into your head pentecostal oh, is kind yeah. of like hardcore yeah. let's like let's rally the troops yeah. and up and everything right yeah you know for for a long time um i as i kind of left the i'd say the faith of, of christianity mm -hmm. i was kind of like oh yeah i'm not a christian then i kind of realized that i was so deep in it so surrounded by it that i'll always be a christian you know in some way maybe i don't have the the beliefs but like culturally it's there so yeah. like, like when i like me and judaism yeah, i don't like practice yeah. completely judaism yeah. but i identify it as the culture and yeah. it's my heritage and that's um, um i i think i learned a lot from my partner who's jewish and has deep jewish heritage right i mean it grew up um in the synagogue and all that mm -hmm. and I think I learned a lot actually from a lot of my Jewish friends and my Jewish partner being like, oh, oh yeah, I'm Christian in that way too. I just don't think about it like that. Yeah. Because like, you know? yeah. I think of it as like, if you don't have the belief, you're not it, you know, but, um, well, no one can really tell true. you who, who you are yeah, exactly. just based on your beliefs. Let's yeah. do that. Let's say that for the record. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. But it was almost Zen in a sense that I, I, I love that how you said you wanted to get away from it and the farther, it seems like I could be, I could, if I could say, like the farther you got away from it, the more it drew you in. Kind of like, <laughs> yeah. It. Uh, I think the further I got away from it, the more I got drawn into something that actually seemed uh, more interesting to me, which was mm. this, you know, machine that's running in our head all the time. This this brain, you know, yeah. that's just feeding us all this information and all these stories and all this shit all the time and we need it you know we need it to walk around you know to do things yeah. but like yeah 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 sure um, i think that drew me in more and then it it's 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 you know and all of this has always been there but i, th I think i had the time to really dive in and it came back to my music that i i just played differently i recorded differently where it, the stakes were all of a sudden there just were no stakes anymore you know it was just it doesn't even need to be good. I went in to make that album. And I'm like, I don't even care if it's good. Like, all I care is if like what happens in there. I love feels, that. I love that. Feels real and it's doing something to the people involved, you know. And um, that. So yeah, and I was like, I'm gonna go into the studio, and that was one of the great things about being able to go into um, Betty's um, and kind of have it be a little more low stakes where it's just like you know there's or no stakes you know just like we we'll go in there we're gonna redo these songs maybe we'll have a record whatever <laughs> right yeah right so, yeah. yeah that's interesting so and but you did go in and you did do a record and now you're sitting here telling me that you sort of went into it and didn't think it was going to be anything that's that's yeah. so that's 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 like that's kind of like badass. That's like the model of creativity, right? We're just going to yeah. go and we're going to see where we take ourselves naturally. Yeah. And I, I think it was leaning into that process um, heavily on this record, really 
yeah, change change something for me in music of just leaning on that process of like we're just gonna go do a thing. Right on. You know? yeah. Right on. Did your relationship with live performance change at all? Because of that sort of kind of sea change and the way you the way you were kind of looking at yourself and your and your work, yeah, I'd say the live show's always you know it's been so much solo stuff for me that mm-hmm. that's a whole different relationship than to being able to do some of these band tours I've been able to do and or full band tours and then just doing this full band set here at Newport. Mm-hmm. Um, it's certainly bled into the live show as far as just really trying to make it wide open. You know, there are there's no rules. I'd rather you go too far than not far enough, you know. But also, there's no such thing as not far enough. I don't know. It's like every direction's a wide You'd open. You'd rather go you know? too far than yeah. Why yeah. not? Yeah. <laughs> just hang it out there, man. Yeah. Just put it out there. And those are they're they're wonderful sets and uh, and the production quality of the, of the album and it, you know and it, and it sound and, and and your your set was just like was right in that zone too. It's really beautiful. Really, yeah. what would you have done? Okay, I gotta let you go soon because <laughs> I promised I would. We, yeah. um, what would you have done had you not come back to the music at that point? Oh, that's a good question. I think I was getting really into uh, trees and like learning trees. about trees. Yeah, because I, I live on like a hundred acres out in the no Blue shit. Ridge Mountains in, wow. in a little cabin. It's pretty much outdoors. You yeah, know? but it's it's got walls. And um, uh. so I was learning a lot about trees, and I think. You know, I started harvesting wild trees yeah. and growing them for bonsai and things like that. And I have no idea how I would survive doing that. Stuff, um, but, uh, yeah, it, I, I think that's kind of where I was, I was heading. That and just writing. I was just writing things that weren't music. I don't, oh, yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah Eventually, yeah. I think there'll be some writing out there. Um, I don't know what that'll be, but... Yeah, interesting. You're yeah. working on new material now for the next kind of cycle, or are you sort of focused on li- the, just time, the live touring and such? It, it's all the in there. Tongues? Every time I get a second to sit down, something's comes out. screaming to come out, and I haven't had the time yet. So I feel like uh, this fall, I'm going to try and find a moment, uh, a month or something, to sit and get get another one wrote. Right on. Yeah. Right on. Well, thanks for sharing, Ryan. You certainly have a super interesting story. Love to have you come on Roadcase when I can talk to you for a little bit longer and we'll really really go deep and uh, and figure shit out, man. Yeah, sounds good. How's that sound? (laughs) All right, good luck, brother. Thank you. Cheers. Okay, that was Ryan Gustafson of The Dead Tongues. His new album called Dust is just absolutely amazing. I know I mentioned that a couple times uh, when we were talking, uh, but that was a really chill chat. He's he's a he's he's a mellow guy, as you heard, um, but really interesting that he stepped away uh, from music for quite a bit during uh, the quarantine period and really wasn't quite sure if he was going to return or what he was what he was going to do at that at that time which is a um really interesting to go through that kind of mental process uh and then just picked up a bunch of old material and just ripped through it and recorded this latest album it's just really absolutely amazing and he's involved with a bunch of different projects like i said at the top with his golden messenger and uh with phil cook um he's just super honest really easy to talk to really enjoyed that chat so 
Now I've got uh, Maddie Diaz coming up. Maddie and I uh, moved from the media tent over to another area. It was kind of a sort of a funny confluence of events because there was some really uh, Dinosaur Jr. was going on at the time, and that was just going to be uh, not possible to do uh, anything with an earshot of that amazing set. I caught a little bit of it, but it was just incredibly loud, as you all may know. Uh, Maddie pulls from um, a really a vast range of very, uh, of influences uh folk country and pop in general and on this latest album her, her history of a feeling that we talked what we will talk about a little bit uh talks about the um uh dissolution of her recent of of a really meaningful relationship that um occurred uh, a, a couple of years ago and the different uh trials and tribulations that went through uh with respect to that person's transition as well as uh, the breakup with that individual, and Maddie's super in touch with um, with her feelings. Of course, um, you know, harking back to the title of that album, but um, you know, super authentic and honest, and really vulnerable in ways that uh, that are extraordinarily unique and brave. I'd have to say she. Um, she also comes from a really musical family. Her dad was in a Zappa tribute band and taught piano lessons. Her mom was a school teacher, also played guitar and ukulele, and her brother was in a metal band, and her grandfather was a tenor in the Greenwich City Opera. So she really comes by music quite honestly, uh, but her um, her insight into uh, the vulnerability of the human experience is really extraordinary, and I just had a really uh, fun chat with her. So um, with no further ado... Here's me and Maddie Diaz having a nice chat. All right, let's keep talking. Hey, Maddie, thanks so much for talking to me today in this brutally fucking hot day at Newport Folk, but I'm psyched to be here. I've never been here. Have you? I actually I was here about 15 years ago when I was, wow. I want to say like 20 or 21, something like that. Oh, yeah. Performing a solo. Ago. Um, long I time ago, like how long ago is 21 like for you? 15 years ago. Mm. Durr. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you look like you're 21. That's well, all I'm thank saying. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Uh, I definitely don't feel 21 anymore. Um, but you know what? I think it was probably yeah, 20 totally because... Right. I don't feel 58 anymore, really? either. Yeah. yeah. I don't I don't feel it. <laughs> you what? I, I can't feel it. I'd rather <laughs> not feel it. <laughs> Feeling age is a dangerous, you don't really want to go down that road, I don't think, you know, <laughs> feeling age, because like, then you just like spiral out, but um, yeah, so, okay, so you played here quite a while ago. What's the impact of you being, have you been back since then? I haven't been back holy since then. Well, holy shit, wow, yeah. so that's great. So what does it feel like being back? Just kind of, uh, actually, like, it must have been another life, because I don't remember <laughs> anything about it. I, I remember... Oh, I remember. Do you remember anything from that far back? I remember sort of <laughs> playing. I remember being on stage, sort of. I remember the lights being really hot, and we opened up... I opened up for Linda Ronstadt when she was still oh, singing. Shit. So it was kind of like a... Definitely, like, oh the my first God. big moment in my career. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. But we were young. I mean, I believe I was 20, because I, I remember not being able to drink, like, you know, I shouldn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And, like, and they were like, yeah, and you can't really, like, be here at the festival. So you oh can my play God. You can open Seriously? for Linda Ronstadt, and then you can go. <laughs> <laughs> They're kicking you out of the festival? <laughs> That's bogus. They've, okay. they've been so, so cool this time around. <laughs> yeah, you think? Maybe they felt bad about that time, but now you are 36, right, as you exactly. said. Right, exactly. Like, you're a person now. Yeah, right. Exactly. You're really not you're really a, a whole person. person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're not a person really until you like get over 25, I think. 
<laughs> or over 40, some people say. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to like, you know, hate on the 20 year olds. They're just there. <laughs> I would never go back. Um, I've enjoyed it on a level and yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, Yeah. It's kind of like going backwards a little bit. Sometimes you can, well, we won't go down this rabbit hole too far, but cause, <laughs> you know, cause you can go down. Cause there. I have been dating and uh, yeah, it's oh, nice yeah. to date in your same, in your same age range. Right? I think it's important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it is otherwise it's just bewildering which can be cute but like then well you're always ridiculous. kind of doing that mental the min- mental gymnastics about well is the thing that they said like something because they're young or is they just like that and that happens a lot with me like and so that's i just like if you're on the same level in the same plane once you get past a certain age i think it starts to even out a little bit right you know <laughs> yeah, yeah a little bit closer well not, i don't think the numbers need to be that close closer but that that you get over this hump when you're like done with, you've grown into the person that you are. I think mm-hmm. that's the most important thing. What do you think? Yeah, I think, well, I think. I'm, this is the feelings I, podcast now. The History feelings of po- a feelings podcast. This is the feelings podcast. <laughs> I feel like, I don't know, man. Like I always, I get to this point, the way I've described it is like, I feel like, I feel like something is pushing at my skin. I'm like at capacity and I don't think that like I have room for any more. And then I somehow, it's like a balloon. Like I just kind of like am able to like, expand a little bit more and wow. i feel like that's how growth has always like worked for me so i always think that i'm like at capacity i'm done that's it and yeah. then at some point like you just expand a little bit more so well, what, what part of you expands you think because what, what i'm saying is that i think you become the person that you're becoming i don't think you stop learning and evolving but i think that the evolution becomes a little smaller on the spectrum than just this grand thing when Oh no, I was, I was partying and I was doing shit and I didn't know who I was and I was making bad decisions. <laughs> right. Right. You know, so you expand always and you, you always kind of improve from a self-improvement perspective. To. Well, I was going to say too, like, I feel like as like a 36 year old, I'm not really like trying to like speak on like how to be a whole person. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, I, I, I really hate like people that write memoirs in like their mid to late thirties. I'm like, you can't <laughs> Who's do doing that. that? Like, so many people. You just really? like, Oh yeah. All, all over the place. I'm just like, <laughs> my boyfriend and I call them the memoir so far. And like, I'm just not into like the memoir so far right now. This is, you know, as a 36 year old human, I've experienced things up to this point and, right. you know, yeah. hopefully I can just kind of keep a fresh perspective. There you go. That's always good. <laughs> I mean, you're try. I don't feel too fresh today though. Like it's just, I'm mixing metaphors it's now. It's impossible. Yeah. We're sitting next to the chowder trailer <laughs> also. The chowder trailer sweating next to a picture. <laughs> we're going to go eat some hot chowder afterwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gaze at Dolly glistening. Oh my God. <laughs> So your latest album, History of a Feeling, it's just absolutely gorgeous. It's totally gripping and Thank just amazing. You. And then the story behind it is just um, you moving on from a relationship and really talking about that in like incredibly frank and extremely in a frank and vulnerable way. And it's really, it's just deep and it and it's incredibly just affected me in a, in a, in a way. I so appreciate you doing that. Thank you. And talking about it and having the courage to do that. Thanks. Yeah. Tell, tell me a little bit about where you are now with it. Like you wrote it like so long ago. And what, what strikes me is that, you know, reading about your background a little bit is that just, or with a lot of artists is you write about these incredible things that happen and then you're out performing them and talking to people about them. And it's something from way before, but do you ever have that 
time when you're just like, fuck, I just can't fucking do this anymore. Huh. I think there there are definitely a couple songs that are there that can still be tough to hit on depending, you know, the weather, you know, just the mood, the weather, anything. Um, the the, um, the orbit of the moon, exactly or we are the in that cycle. intricacies, the balance of the everything. Right. Um, yeah, depending on where I'm hanging in the balance, <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't really go that far down that that particular rabbit hole anymore. Mm, um, okay. Which is which is kind of nice, but you know, I feel like the songs still can kind of um carry into you know whatever whatever i'm going through in the moment which was yeah. part of how i you know tried to write those songs was to you know in the hopes that they can like kind of carry forward and not be so one note no pun intended <laughs> <laughs> or like again we're mixing metaphors again but uh i won't, I won't stop you from doing that um does it ever um, in doing that, you said that you sort of get over it or, or that, that theory that I posited about, like, is it ever just kind of difficult to get out there and do it? And you're saying it gets a little easier, but does that mean that you're detaching a little bit from the actual meaning of the song? No, I think it's time, you know, like I feel like. So there's like a feeling, but then there's the singing about the feeling and those are two distinct things. Right. For you. Exactly. Okay. I mean, I think. Well, I think the singing, the singing about the feeling, um, is the same, but the feeling is way less there. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's mm. just, I've kind of grown out of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of like a mourning process maybe. Like, yeah. Big time. I just lost a good friend of mine. Oh, I'm so sorry. Fuck. Thank you. I mean, it's pretty fresh, but Damn. it comes in like waves and, um, mm. And, but yeah, you never know when it's going to hit. And then what people tell me, and Aruj Aftab was just talking about that. She lost a friend who took their own life mm. and that, and then she was talking about how it was the anniversary of the death of this person, but that she was kind of okay with it because as part of the mourning process, you sort of just incorporate that person's loss into your own life. Mm. And it just becomes a thing. Like they're not no longer there, but you're not crying about it yeah. every other day. Yeah. You know, that's really interesting. Yeah, I think I think definitely um, I wrote that record. I wrote the record in a deep grief process, mm. um, and you know what? Are, there were, what are there like eight stages to to grief? Oh yeah, anger, death, denial, something. Rage, I think this is like five acceptance, something. Right. something denial. Elizabeth Kubler Ross bartering. was like the. the Sorry, say that again. There was a professor that like way back that that created those like seven stages of grief or whatever. Yeah. Don't quote me. Seven, eight. It's like either six yeah. or Okay, we won't, we won't harp on the number. Let's just, it's a concept, Maddie. <laughs> it's a concept. <laughs> I know, sorry. I get, I get kind of like, I'll, I'll like grab onto that's a thing. What I'm here, that's like... what I'm here for because I'll do that too, but I, I try to keep in touch with the big picture. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Trying not to get too uh, myopic. Yeah. Uh, so the seven stages. So you kind of go through that too, and now you're kind of at the acceptance part where yeah, you're like singing about it, and creating an amazing album about it. Like finishing like, the record, mixing it. You know, sitting in my backyard. You know, I I burned a lot of pictures. I lit oh, a lot shit. of fires. I like really. I purged in every possible way, both emotionally, spiritually, physically, yeah. like all the things. And like by the time the record came out, you know, it was scary to kind of like go. It, it was absolutely being confronted. You know, like with all of this stuff that like I felt like I had unpacked and organized and gotten rid of <laughs> and like all of a sudden yeah. the songs are coming out I'm going like it's so scary to share that with people you right. know it's so scary right. to share something like so personal and then like the more like at, like song after song after song I was like oh no I can actually like be proud of this I can actually like 
there's actually power and vulnerability. It's real, you know, like, yeah. you know, they, they say it and what's her face, the therapist yeah, 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 that yeah. like gives all Elizabeth the talks. Kubler Ross, any of the them, name, whatever, or whomever, B- B- Bern- Bernadette Peters. That's not it. Um, <laughs> but it's definitely not it. Um, right, right, right. But you know, like she, they're, they're always talking about how powerful vulnerability is. And it's like, it's an yeah. easier thing I think to like say and look at than it is to do. And it was a really cool experience releasing this record and actually like uh, experiencing that. Yeah. Well, was it different? Did you ever have a moment where you're like, Oh shit, I'm going to have to perform this in front of people. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I started performing those songs like while I was writing them in tandem to kind of like practice that. We're doing really well here, so sorry, we're getting that. Someone's trying to give us the hook. <laughs> okay, sorry. This is very impromptu. We love it. We love it. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't even mention that we had to move from the other stage because uh, the, they put the media tents right next to right next to Dinosaur stage, Junior. Dinosaur Junior's playing and like, just blowing our ass off, which yeah. is phenomenal and I love. But we had to walk over here. So, so um, playing it, getting over it, acceptance. Um, Oh, I asked, was there the one moment when you're like, oh, shit, I'm going to have to play this in front of people? Was that kind of another stage of kind of getting over it and sharing it with others? Is That's a gift. Yeah. That's a gift you're giving others, but Thank it's also you. a gift you're giving to yourself, Thanks. right? Yeah, I guess it became that. Like, I think, you know, I mean, not just, like a, and I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but not just sharing it, your studio album. I mean, like also like being on the stage and doing you. it in person. That's harder for me, honestly. Like, I love I can be in the studio for forever. And I think on stage is like a little bit harder. It's, because mm. it's very like, I don't know, I get sometimes I time travel and sometimes I'm very present in that moment. And then, you know, you kind of look up and all of a sudden you realize that, you know, it's however many years later and you're just like playing in front of people that you don't know. <laughs> right. right. So it is, it's a little, it's a little, but it is there. It's like scream therapy. You know what I mean? It's just, it's a different, it's, it can be like very cathartic and yeah, it can be. It's not yeah. always, you right. know, right. But, but sometimes, you know, you can get off stage and be like, damn, I think, I think like I, did something that made me feel like some sort of progress, you know? Huh. I don't know. <laughs> and when you hit, and what time's your set tomorrow? I think it's at one fifteen. So when you get up there, you're going to, that fucking guy from Roadcase like got me in my head about this whole thing. Oh my God, that's so funny. It's <laughs> like actual, just, you just get to watch me unravel like in real time. You're like, this is what she's talking about. I won't stand in the front you're row like, and like make it. faces at I you did or anything it. like that. <laughs> I did this. <laughs> but this was some kind of fucked up breakup, right? It was a fucked up breakup. All breakups are fucked up. Well, I read, like, explain to me exactly why this was fucked up. Well, in your in your own way. I mean, it's you know they all are fucked up, but it's all kind of unique fucked upness. I think like, yeah, this was maybe unique for me because I had never really been with somebody that like was maybe completely lying about who they were on some level because they were transitioning. Right. Well, but they didn't know that. You know, she didn't uh, know that. Okay. Or I don't think she did. Or at least that's what she. You know what I mean? I'm I'm the kind of person that like if you tell me a thing, I'm gonna believe you. <laughs> well, why? What do you mean you're the kind of person? Like you mean the person that just listens to what other people say well, yeah, and you believe I mean, it? I think I think like well, you know that I I definitely I've been have, in re- I've been in relationships where I like I believe someone but they weren't telling me the truth. Right. So I think I think it's that it's like you know it was tough because I I think. I think that uh, I wanted to believe that we were very much one thing, and it turns out it was very much not that, <laughs> which yeah. is hard. It was a hard. It and was you a really find hard that thing. out. Like how long? How long down the road were you when you found that out? 
We were we were in we were we were in pretty God deep. Damn, I'm so like, sorry about that. That's okay. But perhaps yeah. the person didn't know. I mean, I haven't like combed through the lyrics of the fine tooth comb, but perhaps the person like they maybe they didn't know what they really were. We just we just started off this conversation talking right. about like no being old enough to like know who you are. You just never. I just feel like it's always in such flux, and you know, you just try to be as honest as you fucking can, like while you're going through your stuff, and it's hard because we want to have relationships with people, and like we want to we want people to be in our worlds with us, you know? And like, I loved being in, in a relationship with this person and in that world. I really did. And yeah. yeah, I think it was hard because it just, at some point it just didn't work. You know, you could, we just couldn't share a world with so much. There was, it was a really, it was a big world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that must've been an, that's an incredible realization for anybody. How long did it take from the end of that relationship to when the light went, the light bulb went off or when maybe it was during the actual breakup, you're like, I'm going to write an album. Oh my this. God. There was no light bulb that, I mean, I feel like if that is the actual reaction to something like that happened, I'd be psychotic. <laughs> <laughs> like you're calling them wait. back now and going, thank you so much. Going to put a movie out next, next summer blockbuster. It's going to be, well, sick. there are like drama people that like attract these kind of drama situations and then benefit from it in some way. Totally. Well, I don't know. I feel like I spent like a long, I'm not saying that's four, you. Of course. No, totally. I spent like a long four years though. Like just kind of like, and I think that was what writing was. It was looking at, you know, my history and like not just in yeah. this relationship but with like a lot of my relationships and being like what is it yeah. <laughs> what yeah. is it that like i'm looking for and like what is it that like i'm mad about and like what is it that like i keep being mad about and like what is it in my family history like what it is what is it in like my own personal like when did this start you know what i mean like yeah. i felt like i was like turning every hourglass that i could find to like figure out how to right how to undress it wow yeah and well, it just it just started happening, you know what I mean? And you figured it out. I figured it out. So all right. Well, all I want to talk to you more about how you figured this all out, where we ended, but and where you're going. I really do like come on the show let's sometime. Do it in some and air let's conditioning. Talk for, yeah, we can all yeah. both be in air conditioned let's rooms do and do this for an hour sometime on road case, <laughs> so we can get to the bottom of this. <laughs> and I have a feeling Maddie's talking a lot today, and uh, um, I, I like talking. Oh my god, he's rolling his eyes. Okay, let's go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much thanks for so, having me. Thanks for being here, Matt. I really, I really appreciate it. Good luck tomorrow. I look forward to your set. Thank you. All I'll right. be there. Thanks. <laughs> Hopefully. Thanks. Good to know. Thanks. Okay, that was me and Maddie Diaz just chopping it up outside the chowder trailer at Newport Folk. Um, had just such a fun time talking to Maddie. She, um, on the one hand, really, really delves deep into uh, her own mindset and the effect that a prior relationship had on her in an extraordinarily, in an extraordinarily vulnerable way, um, benefiting those that listen to, to her music as well. Um, being able to put those hard thoughts and feelings out there and present those to others and um and in her own words saying it to those that you don't know when you're up on stage doing that it's incredibly brave and i really applaud her for that uh at the same time she's as you heard just incredibly affable and fun snappy humorous uh, we just had a really fun time sitting down and chatting chatting and i hope that um, she can come back on the show at some point that would be awesome um and her set 
is just extraordinary. She has just an absolutely amazing voice. And to hear uh, these stories come to life in a live setting is just um, is just absolutely and utterly special. And uh, I urge you to go out, not only check out Maddie's uh, album history of a feeling, but, uh, just please go and check her out on the road. Uh, next up is Christian Matson. Uh, his per- project is entitled the tallest man on earth. And, uh, he just put out a cover of his walk on music and I'm going to butcher, uh, the name of this for for Edelweiss. And he will correct my, my, uh, my pronunciation during this conversation, but he put out a cover of his walk on music. Live performance was just so, so important to, to Christian. Uh, he performs, uh, with a t- tallest the tallest man on earth as well as a number of different artists and collaborations not only at newport but uh in his um in his artistic career as well and live performance is just everything to him and to have him uh have that pulled out from under him during uh the downtime of covid was really difficult for him he suffers from anxiety and from depression it really hit him hard uh but to do a cover of the music that he walks on stage to uh was really significant and i enjoyed talking to him about that uh among other things we really chop it up nicely and he's just such a such a amazing human really great guy to sit down and talk to super affable we learn a ton about him and also some surprises as well stay tuned for that in terms of some upcoming material from christian as well uh, i know you'll really love me and uh me and christian so here's here's me talking to christian Matson, the tallest man on earth Okay, man. Hey, Christian. It's so good to see you, brother. I've been enjoying just sitting here chatting with you, but I figure we might as well formalize this and like record it. What do you think? So nice to be here with you, Josh. Yeah. Yeah. Put some microphones on this. Yeah, Yeah, right. Let's Let's do do the thing. Right. Right. So you're having a good time at Newport Folk Festival, man? I'm having an amazing time. I've been missing this. I've been here many times in my life, and uh, it's just been like a long gap now because something happened for a couple of years. Yeah, I can't remember what that thing was, but... No, no, I don't know. Um, so you've been here other times before. That's not your first time. My fourth time. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. Didn't you do a late night show or is that coming up or you did? That was last night. It was, was it? Yeah. I was at goose, man, but I'm sorry. I missed your show. How was it? How did it go? Tell me. It was amazing. I woke up this morning feeling so hungover and then (laughs) then realizing like, wait a minute, I didn't drink that much. I just hung over from stress. From from stress. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like a good stress because it's just, it's just mania. They're just like, because it's a show where a lot of, you know, you sing together with a lot of people. I'm like, hey, do you want to do this? Sh- do you want to come and sing a song with me? Like, do you want to come you're and You're pulling this? people out of the audience? No. Fans? No, no, like, no, because all my friends <laughs> oh, are yeah, here the playing collaborations, music. Right, and right. it's like, yeah, I'll come by. It's like, oh, shit, right I can't on. come by. And then everyone shows up half an hour before doors. Like, can we rehearse now? Oh. So just like, it's this manic stress and then you do and like you go on stage like i have no idea how this is going to turn out but it, it turned out amazing yeah yeah it did so who came well me and phil cook did a lot of things together uh-huh, and yeah. then uh, i'm talking to phil and co- i think tomorrow you yeah. are yeah yeah, you're yeah. Have blast. right yeah. on yeah i'm talking to i talked to ryan too so oh my god yeah, yeah so, it's all good i'm so, getting so, the whole gang the whole so, gang's so, all so here ryan was there natalie mershon was there oh, and nice. the union was there yeah. Thomas Ryan was there, and Dang. then it 
just so happens, and I'm no, this is just between you and me, Josh. But I, oh, yeah. I recorded Cle- clearly, I, yeah, Christian. Yeah, it's no, just between me and you. Know, yeah, I, I recorded an album in North Carolina in February. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and every artist says this about their latest thing, but this, mm-hmm. it's the best thing I've ever, fucking ever done. I, I bet. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but it turns out. It turned out last night everyone who played on the album is here, so we just played songs on the album without explaining really what we were playing. Oh, that's fucking awesome! Because it's man. like a full band album, kind of. Yeah, I don't know. So we did that. That's so cool. Yeah. So did you? Um, so how do you feel about it? What was the? Was it? Was the audience reaction like important for you at that point? Were you satisfied? No. Did, did you care? No, no, the, what the, how does uh, that feel? It was not important because I I am happy. <laughs> okay, good, good, and, good. That's a good answer. Yeah, but I mean, and that I mean, not to be selfish in this, but I, I, I have to do the. I have to do. I have to follow whatever feels most powerful, and I. But people, yeah. like, people seem really happy. They seem really happy to to hear this. Oh, good. To hear, to hear those songs. I yeah. bet. I Even bet. Though it's very different from what I've been doing before. Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, great. Well, they got a taste of that. Was that the first time you've been like? Doing playing the new the new material yeah. that's coming out. Yeah, that, so that album be coming out later on this year. And well, th- that that's an it's going to be in the news when it's going to be out. I can't. Okay. I'm not gonna, okay. I can't, well, I'm not I, searching I for that. I was just yeah. curious, but it's forthcoming. It's forthcoming. But before that, there's another thing forthcoming. I, yes. I okay. It's going to be outed here on your podcast. I, right on. I also just after doing this big album with a lot of people, and there's. You know, Rob Moose strings and just going all the way. Then I recorded like a really lo-fi covers album. Oh, really? Yeah. And I got, I had COVID. Oh, shit. It, it took a long time for me to get the COVID. <laughs> when, I, when, when, when are you talking? When a did month you get ago. It? Oh, okay. Month Congratu- ago. Congratulations. Thank you. Christian. Thank you. Good, well done. I got the sniffles. That's, <laughs> that's how it hit me. But, but I was isolated in like a cabin in North Carolina. Yeah. And I just recorded uh, a 10 song cover album. Right. With a really stuffy nose, <laughs> so it's not the best sounding. Is that the lo-fi part? Yeah. Oh, no, so no, the, the, lo- the lo-fi <laughs> part is just what I mean. It's just me putting up a couple of microphones and playing songs. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's with really the guitar cool. and the banjo. So that's going to be out soon. So is this new single that you released that you got all this talk about the uh, your walk-on music yeah. cover that you did? That's, I, that's from the COVID days. So yeah. I tried, it's called First Scent for Edelweiss. That's my... You're oh, nailing it. Th- no, come on. You say it right. First Scent for Edelweiss. First Scent for Edelweiss. Okay, it, means, great. it means too late for Edelweiss. Oh, nice. So... And I, what I love about this is that you had this this music as your walk on music yeah. for qu- uh, quite a number of years. I think for, it's ele- forever, eleven years. Yeah, yeah. And that's always significant because, like, all right, I'm a My Morning Jacket fan. They would always, you know, the walk on music was really cool, yeah. and that kind of gets you, like, okay, yeah. it's happening now, right? We all know that, yeah. right? Like the bands that have walk on musicers, it's always so special and sets that tone, and yeah. they play it for a good couple of minutes, just yeah. letting the crowd just buzz before they no, come mine on stage. No, mine is going on for a long time before I get on stage. Oh, how long? I think it's, I think we know it in seconds, but I can't remember, but it's, it's like, it's slightly under a minute. Yeah, yeah okay. Before, before I get on. Yeah, good tension builder. But, yeah. so, it's really significant because I think, because you, you spoke about how, or I've heard, heard you talk about how important that song is to you, yeah. and then coming back to COVID and then covering it, yeah. you know, I just, I love that focus on the show and the focus of why live shows are important for you, and then 
sort of putting this out there and doing that. I know how I would feel in that scenario as a viewer, as someone yeah. in the audience. And so having that connection, can you talk about what that meant to you and why you did it? Well, I realized during the, the, the pandemic and I, I realized a lot of vanities I've had in the before of just like, well, maybe I don't want to play. I don't want to play that place in Boston because the PA is not great. And like, I don't want to do that. Like, fuck it. I just like, give me a, with the pandemic, I just yeah. realized what am I put, what am I, good, what am I good at? What so am you I became more like laid back about it. Yes. And, like, I can, okay. and, and knowing this is the thing, the thing I'm good at because I'm, yeah. I was not good at not doing shows. A lot of anxiety. You were not good at not doing shows. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not sure any performer really is good at not doing shows or else they wouldn't be a performer. But if it's something I've been doing for most of my adult life and then it was taken away for a while. Fuck, man. Yeah. Yeah. The thing I could, and I was very, uh, I didn't have some people, it's like, oh, I had so much inspiration going into the studio and recording things. I had none of that. Yeah. I just, I went into, I was, practicing a lot i was playing a lot of pedal steel and a lot of french horn but nice just practicing but i couldn't write songs because uh, i was reminded of my own mortality every day opening yeah, the news right. app on my phone yeah and just it got so dark just wow. darkness so i couldn't write songs i couldn't write songs and i, I realized like wait a minute the thing i had before the being able to go around look in the face like look in the eyes of people in the crowd like that's an amazing thing. And I, I, w- yeah. I thought I was grateful before, but like the, the amount of gratitude now. Right. It's like, I'll play, I'll play a fucking bar in Boston and play the Middle East again. Yeah. No, that's not, I think that's Boston. I don't know. And I think that's Cambridge. The Middle East, like, you mean like Israel and No, Syria? no, no. It's a bar. It's a bar called oh, the Middle East. Oh, yeah. in Boston. Yeah. No, so, let's not get into the conflict. I was like, East. what are we doing? Let's, yeah, is this a politics yeah, podcast? Let's not get now? into the... No, it's a, it's a bar. It, it was one of the first right. bar, my bars bad. in... My bad, and if you, Boston if you're people. In, if you're in, you know, if you're in Boston, you'll remember that place. It's great. It, yeah, it yeah, had, yeah. like, belly dancers on the top floor, and then you played downstairs. Oh, and it's like a tiny, tiny venue. The importance of the live performance for you was really striking. Do you have a family? If I have a family? Yeah. Like, what's your, what's your situation? My situation is that I have a family of uh, parents and a sister. Uh-huh. That, um, then I, I've been married. Yeah. But right now I'm just... No kids. No kids. No. Uh, the only reason I ask is because a lot of performers that... I have horses. Yeah, those are kind of children, I guess, <laughs> yeah. right? I got I got a dog, so yeah. I get that for yeah. sure. Pets and, and and animals and stuff that I love. Um, but I ask that because you know you really really wanted to get out there, and obviously that's something that's inside of you. Clearly, yeah. A lot of people that were that were like, yeah, I'll take two years off and spend time with my family and kids and stuff. But they, you know, they they missed a performance, but they were okay with like downshifting a little bit. And that's it's kind of just yeah. very subjective. Yeah, yeah. It's very, but you wanted you were chomping at the bit to get back out there you did a lot of live streams you you love connecting with fans yeah tell me a little bit about what that fan connection means to you and how how you also perpetuated that for both yourself and for your fans and your audience during the time that you weren't performing well it kind of means having a purpose because i i you know as a you know white man white middle-aged man you know mm-hmm. what what good are we doing on this planet but i i think like and i have a career of singing about breakups like sad love songs yeah but i think 
I'm starting to listen. Like it's actually like some like people relate to it. You know, mm-hmm. we're all going through like the world is really fucked up, but we're always so like the the big for the bigger questions. But we're, we're always going through relationship stuff. So I think that yeah. that's that's why I'm still here because people are always going through relationship stuff and they will relate to some of my songs, but. Yeah, you mean that you're still here because people want to listen to what you have to say. Why do you think that have breakups really affected you in a very strong way, obviously, and you and you, well, I don't, you feel the need to express that and be vulnerable enough to put that out there? I don't think I've had more. That's, it sounds like I had breakups all the time because I sing about it all the time, but I think I'm not more than any other, you know, yeah. normal person. I just, that is, you know, I... I grew up and I was listen to, listening to like sad love songs and they would resonate with me, mm. you know, and it's a big part of songwriting industry is about, it's about, yeah. it's about, yeah, yeah, it's about yeah. breakups and we, because we need to, because well, it's, I it's felt, very, it's very painful. I mean, but I also feel but the weird thing, how we can get like, we can feel like uplifted by hearing like a sad love song because you right. you hear someone else going through the same shit yeah, you know yeah, and the, totally. with, with, the, with the pandemic it started for me like maybe some of your listeners can relate to this like pandemic hit and I was in a relationship with a person we just like but I was a touring person so we saw each other once in a while uh, and then you had hard. and you had to live together yeah every day in one house and we realized like oh my god we are not meant to be <laughs> well, yeah, that's good. You found that yeah. out in one sense. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's that was I think, and and I have a lot of friends. I mean, it's been, been a struggle for some friends. Like when you have to see your partner for every hour a day. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like a big high five to the people you know, who actually got through yeah. that. Yeah, that's true love, baby. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I was by myself the whole COVID period. Oh, yeah. So yeah, it was it was great. Just me and my dog. Yeah, and just listening to a lot of music and hanging. Did out. Did you enjoy it? You know, I kind of look back on it and, I mean, you know, catch me on what day. I don't know. Yeah. You know, you, I, is it a human nature to kind of take, like, look back and look at the lemonades instead of the lemons? I'm, I'm, I can be cautiously pessimistic about anything. Yeah. However, I look back and I'm like, man, it really benefited me a lot. That's I was happy great. to have the time That's off. That's great. I was happy to just hang out. Um, you know, I had my dog. I'm near a park. It was it was okay. You know, you do the best you can. What are you going to do? Like fight it? No, you, like, you, it, but you, it just. I was yeah. fortunate that the depression that I'm sure a lot of people suffered from during yeah. that time did not necessarily affect me in that way. Oh wow, that's, that's I mean that's so good yeah. because I went into absolute fucking darkness. Shit, yeah. sorry about no, that. No, no, it, it just like I've had anxiety my whole life, and I've been learning how to. Yeah, I, yeah I've yeah. been learning how to get away from that. Yeah. Not get away, just accept it. It's going to be there. But for the first time, I felt depression. I've never, wow. because I'm very hyper, have like high, high energy, and like, but I started to feel depression. Like, is this is a sweet, it's, it's a Swedish thing, though. I mean, we all, I mean, we're, we're, you guys, you guys suffer through like 20 hours of darkness during the winter yeah, in that country we're, traditionally. We're, I mean, it, get, they love to party, but I think there's like an underlying sort of like, let's look at life as it really is. There's and how this, is it really? No, but there's <laughs> this, this thing. If, even if you're born in the summer, when you're born in Sweden, they will take the baby and put it in a little thing and turn your head and against the TV screen that will show you Bergman movies for a while. <laughs> Yeah, persona. It was just persona on loop, and just like, oh like your life is gonna be fucked. Yeah, so, so, no, but it's. 
I I want to say about that. So I I did not enjoy it. I I went into I went, that, I, I went into gardening. I was growing a lot of vegetables. Yeah, and I've been the weird uncle for my friends' kids for a, for a long time. Just like because I'm the I'm the friend with a lot of energy. Right. But just like so, I have a lot of. I have a lot of people in my life, and it's beautiful. But oh, then the great. pandemic hit, and it's yeah. like every kid is just like kind of sick all the time, even though it's not COVID. So I was just like, I was just, and I. Oh, it's, that's a bummer, man. Sorry to hear no, about no, that. No, I'm dude. just not going to rant about it. Well, I mean, you know, just the fact it's interesting to see how it affected you. But you, but you got out there, you performed, you did the live streams. You know, yes, you, that was. It, 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 it appears that you 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 made the best of it in the way the, the best way that you could. You did the best you could with what you with what you had. Yeah, because when the pandemic started, I was on a tour. We did two uh, new four nights in Chicago, and we did two nights, and then the world closed down. Right. Yeah. And I was. Courtney Marie Andrews was opening up. Nice, yeah, I love her. Yeah, and she didn't want to go home to Nashville because there was also tornadoes in, in oh, Nashville. Oh yeah, I remember that. That was the one that took out the basement east, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, took yeah out right the east. So we just like we drove to Woodstock, hung out with with you know <laughs> Sam and Hannah Cohen for a while because yeah. we thought like this will be a couple of weeks <laughs> yeah right that's what everyone was saying at the beginning yeah but it took you a while to come back around though didn't you not perform until the spring of this year yeah yeah uh, uh, i did so I, for someone that missed live performance so much why did you why'd you wait to get back out because a lot of people got back out in the fall and even as early as like late summer of well, you're talking about america because i couldn't get back in i couldn't back into the country because and i stayed in america for oh yeah there's that angle so wait I, you 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 were here couldn't get back into which country no i couldn't get back into to america because in the beginning of the pandemic i was i stayed for 10 weeks oh. then i needed to go back to help my parents my mm. dad is really sick yeah and i knew that the border was closed for me to get back in as a european i'm only here on three-year visas okay got you yeah 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 so i i was, I was like Fuck it, I'm going to go home to Sweden and help them. It's going to be probably a month or two before I can get back in here. It turned into 18 months. So you got in... Oh, okay. Well, that so, answers the question. So, so you went back to Sweden and then you couldn't get back here yeah, for so, when, so long. Okay. And, and touring started Interesting. earlier here than over in, in Europe. Like when shows starting to happen again. Yeah. So, and I had a tour planned in October 2021. Mm-hmm. and by the lovely government over here we were promised getting special visas yeah which, which they pulled two days before i was going to fly over here right i had all my gear shipped to denver colorado yeah i was going to play with the mandolin orange uh watch oh watch house that you call it yeah Jane yeah yeah watch had house andrew, and, and, i had andrew marlin on the show yeah what a beautiful man and uh bon Life, oh yeah he's amazing bon Life horseman we're going to play that oh show. and they just like is that We've decided to deny your visas right now. We're just not going to do it. So that was really dark. So I, I was, I've, been, I've been ready for a long time. And, yeah, I, and I did yeah. small shows in Sweden during the pandemic when we had, there were some like dips in cases in Sweden where you can play for like 50 people. So oh, I did, cool. did that. I was ready all, yeah. all this time. And so then you, and then you, so you can, and you, and you came back with this cover of your walk on music, yeah. which I just think is like, I'm not bullshitting. I think it's like glorious. No. Man. That is like the best idea it, I've heard of someone who's just like, I'm back at live shows yeah. and, and this is the, this is what I'm doing. I love that. No, I fucking love that. there are less fucks given now. Fewer fucks given. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah yes. Yeah, totally, Thank you for totally. the grammar correction. I don't know. Sorry, I didn't mean it that no, way. It no, it's good. I am learning English every day. Countable, Countable nouns. 
you know, when they teach grammar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, if it's countable, then it's fewer. It's fewer. And also, the, I am, oh my God, I'm trying to, I'm nerding out, like, like farther and further. Farther and further? Yeah. Oh, I haven't even thought about it's, that. It's, it's, it's so, I, I am trying to be like, so, like farther when it's, it's an actual distance and further when it's more. Oh, when, when it's a notion. Idea. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, then envious yeah. and jealous. Have you thought about that? People use jealous all the time. Envious is kind of more low key, but jealous has to do with like people's. Is my 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 what is my, it actually from a, I've been not like, from a envious English. is when you you know you want the same thing as that person, but you don't right. want to take it away from that. Oh, person. jealousy would be one of jealousy. Take it away. Want, yeah, like you just want to fucking kill that person. Yeah, jealousy. Like I want that instead of that person. <laughs> right. Envy right. is, is, is pretty, sort of just like yeah, you've got it yeah, under control. I, I want the same thing right. as this amazing person. Yeah, yeah. Okay. but everyone just uses jealousy like as a word. Right on. Right on. Sorry. All right, dude. Well, yeah. thanks, Christian. It was so great to talk with you, man. We got to get together and just have a longer chat Let's at some do it. point because we're like under time constraints. But I'm so, I'm so happy to, to talk to you. When's your set? Oh, I don't have a set. You just were doing the, the after show? Yeah, after show. And I'm going to sing with Anais Mitchell tomorrow. Oh, right on. Yeah. yeah, I just saw her with Bonnie Light Horseman at Thal. They were, they were just in Chicago at Thalia. She's amazing. Yeah. Right on, man. Thanks so much for Thank being here. Thank you so much. Cheers. You got it. Okay, that was Christian Matson, the tallest man on earth. Uh, really fun to talk to Christian. He's just such an affable and warm human. Uh, it was just fun to sit down on the couch in the media tent and just kind of back and forth with him uh, quite a bit. I really enjoyed chatting, and I hope you enjoyed that conversation, too. These in-persons are really a uh, super great way to uh, to get a feel for a performer's uh, personality and what they're like kind of off the cuff like this. And um, in this format, it's really, um, really spectacular to uh, – to chat it up, especially at a at a festival such as Newport, when there's just so much camaraderie and uh, collaboration, and the vibe is just uh, super mellow with of just absolute music lovers that are here at this incredible landmark and amazing and historic festival. And uh, Christian is no exception to that. He's got this, uh, and he broke uh, the news that he's got this new ten song cover album coming out soon. Uh, really loved his uh, his attitude towards live performance man he just absolutely really really loves that and such a shame that uh he got stuck in sweden and couldn't come back for so long i mean it must have just been absolutely devastating for for him to not be able to come back to the states and 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 tour as normal and then at the last minute his visa gets pulled as well i mean you know that's just that's just bonker stuff but so much crap happened to people over over that period of time um just a shame that it happened uh to christian whom we we know and love and he put out the cover for sent for Edelweiss uh, of his walk-on music, which I just thought was, was amazing and outstanding. I really loved that. Um, Thanks so much to everyone for being here for this part one of the Newport Folk Festival interview series. I've got parts two and three coming up uh, with Phil Cook. And uh, also I interviewed Taylor Goldsmith of Dawes as well and uh, plenty of others. So please stay tuned for that one coming up 
up in the next few days as well. I want to thank all the artists for this part one, Ryan Gustafson of the Dead Tongues, Matty Diaz, and Christian Matson uh, for um, sitting down with me during this interview. I want to thank their publicists as well for making that happen. I want to thank, uh, uh, especially thank Jacqueline Ullman and Zoe Hines from Grandstand Media who put together all these interviews and just, especially Zoe, just did just such an amazing job in the organization that it takes to put all these interviews together on the fly at this festival. I so, so really appreciate their help. Thanks to, thanks so much to them. And thanks to all of you for being here and uh, for your continued support of Road Case. And again, thanks to Ryan, Maddie, and Christian for being here on this episode of Road Case. Thanks again so much for listening. And I'd like to encourage everyone to get involved with Roadcase. You can do so in a number of different ways. You can email me at info at roadcasepod.com with questions, comments, and even suggestions for guests. Or you can follow us on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're at RoadcasePod. And we have a YouTube channel called Roadcase Podcast. And of course, you can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite listening platform. And if you could please rate and review the podcast while you're there, that would be great. So I want to thank Waltzer for this awesome theme music that we have. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening to Roadcase. We have a lot of great episodes coming up, so I'll see you on down the road. <laughs>